Welcome to American Reds, Tribal Rant's unofficial podcast for the FX series, The Americans. I'm Michelle. And I'm Mike. And tonight we're podcasting The Americans, Season 5, Episode 2. It's called Pests. has an air date of March 14th. 2017. This one was directed by Chris Long and it was written by the Joes, Joe Fields and Joseph Weisberg. So we know why it had the title Pest. Yep, yep, that was pretty easy to figure out. Yeah, um, with the bugs is what you're. I've got an idea about that too. Okay, um, tell me because no, I got an idea too. No. Okay, not about that. No, okay. Wait, so when we get there, let's talk okay. about it. Okay. Do not give it up yet because if we got the same idea. You'll be very upset. Well, no. My idea here was just that there's a lot of pests, I think, in this episode. I think it was kind oh, of... Oh, no. I've got an idea about the actual pests okay. in the corn. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. No, I wasn't talking about that. I was just talking about, um, you know, there's obviously the bugs that I think we find out next time are called midges, but we'll get into all that. They're the obvious pests that are destroying the grain, but there's also the pests like the FBI agent watching Pasha's house, or, uh, yeah, Pasha's house. house. Uh, yeah. Matthew is seen as a threat and, you know, like a pest. Uh, Wolf is pestering and the CIA agent's pestering. Oleg. Stan. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, Oleg specifically. Mm-hmm. Stan starts talking to Philip about what's wrong with Paige, and that's, like, you know, annoying to him. We have a lot of annoyances in this episode. I'm getting annoyed just talking about it. (laughs) So did you have any overall impressions about this episode that you wanted to talk about before we did? No, you just gave me one. Okay. I think the weather here cooperated to get us in the Siberian mood, so. Oh, yeah. No winter, all winter to speak of, and now that it's mid-March. the middle of March, yeah, the Ides of March. It's like 25 degrees this morning. Yeah, I think it came in because, you know, they know that it helped us get get in this, like, cold Americans. Ruski mentality. There you go. So you want to just jump right into yes, it now? Yes, yes, I'm waiting. I'm on the end of the diving board. I'm ready. To go. <laughs> okay, we start out with Philip and Elizabeth, and they're bringing Gabriel a little piece of William. Oh, I know. And then Gabriel, is everything all right? No, everything's not all right. We just had to cut a piece of our comrade out and bring it to you. And oh, by the way, we had to shoot Hans in the head. It was really somber, wasn't it? It was a somber. Yeah. Event and everything they were talking about there was somber too. Uh, Gabriel is saying that the center is contacting him and they're not calm there anymore and they're really worried about uh, the agricultural. Well, this is 84. Yeah. So remember, the wall falls in 89 and that concept of perestroika uh, started. Sometime when Gorbachev took office, Gorbachev hasn't taken office yet, but shortly after Gorbachev takes office, that's when everything starts to open up between Reagan and Gorbachev, and they start getting all chummy, and then, of course, capitalism kind of takes hold in Russia, and then that's the end of uh, the Soviet Union as as we know it. So why do you think they were thinking that America is doing something to the grain? Do you... Or America and her allies, which is what Gabriel says here. That kind of thing, I mean, was that ever really thought about? Is that historical, or is this just something for the storyline? Because I couldn't find anything about it. Uh, They were probably just paranoid. uh, And they found out about this agriculture guy that, you know, defected and was now working. But I've got a theory on that. And look, I want to talk to you about that before you say anything. I want to see if I'm 
you know, you're thinking the same thing I am when we get to the grain part. Yeah, you're you'll you'll have to absolutely share that with me because I'm a little bit lost on everything that's going on there. I did have a question for you though. Why do you think sometimes they meet Gabriel like in dark alleyways and pull up beside him? Now you have to remember too, and our listeners do too. This is before cell phones. I mean, this would have to be. Imagine correlating to meet like that and Gabriel standing outside his car versus when they just, you know, take him the cooler of dead rat over to his, you know, apartment or whatever. Over to his lair? Yeah, his la- his, he does have a lair, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's Wonder- a lair-looking guy. He's a real Dracula-esque looking dude, too, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. He kind of is. I, I wonder why they do that if it's just for cinematography's sake or i can't really find a correlation between what they're doing i know they mentioned last episode about the safe house the new safe house right and i don't know if we've seen that yet i don't think we have Mm -mm. so maybe that's just maybe maybe the it's not decorated yet and they don't want us to you know they don't want to show it off till they get it just right Uh, i don't know i don't know either it's funny another thing that gabriel said that struck me I, you know, they they once to think they once had a Lincoln. They held Lincoln apparently in high regard, and they held Reagan in low regard. Reagan was a uh, a cowboy type figure, and they didn't they didn't like Reagan, but they uh, admired President Lincoln. Is that what he meant by that? Oh because yeah, and to sure. think that they once had a Lincoln, I think that's absolutely what what he meant because um, historically, Ho Chi Minh. Uh, the uh, North Vietnamese leader who eventually went on to defeat both the French and the United States in the Vietnam conflict. Ho Chi Minh approached the United States first because Ho Chi Minh was very uh, intrigued and enthralled by our founding fathers and the concept of democracy and, and the way that that our country had been formed by a bunch of upstart rebels. He saw himself as one of those type patriotic young uh, people. And uh, Ho Chi Minh was uh, promptly turned down for any help or support when he was fighting uh, against uh, French colonization. So who does he go to next? The Ruskies. But he did approach the leaders of the United States first. Mm. So these... These, uh, it's, I just thought that was interesting that Gabriel admired Lincoln, and and I thought back to how Ho Chi Minh admired our, you know, Jefferson and Adams and and Washington and, quite and that a kind of thing. Yeah, it was, connection. Yeah, That's really well, good. It, well, it was it was just it was just interesting that, of course, you know, time, you know, history has a way of, uh, you know, people coming out on one side or the other, um, and and the the, the I think the. Uh, the uh, record sometimes gets uh, a little glossier. You know, the embellishments begin on how great somebody actually was versus, you know, hist- history's usually kind or unkind to a president. And you never know how it's going to go. Yeah, and sometimes it even changes years later. It does. Yeah, they, cha- yeah, they change it around. Yeah, yeah. and it kind of comes full circle here because what we're going to see <clears throat> is uh, Reagan coming into power. And Reagan's already in power. I mean, He's 84. I'm, I'm sorry, <laughs> yeah, Gorbachev coming into power, and then all the changes that do happen right. with our country then, which will be interesting to see what goes on with... Oh, yeah, with the spy community when Perestroika hits, yeah. 
Yeah, that'll be good. But Philip's just incredulous that America would do anything that would starve people in this. I mean, he's he. Well, this is the allegation by sure. the Soviet Union because I can't. I, I think if I'm right later on when we're talking about when we get to the wheat scene, uh, if I'm right, see, they're just totally misreading what's going on, and they're thinking, uh, they're thinking justifiably so. That the U.S. is trying to do something sure. with the grain in order to screw them up. Well, don't give it up yet. Let's, okay. Let's wait till we get there. I just thought I'm building it up, and it's really nothing. But you know. No, I mean it is. Okay. It's a, it's a, we'll see. It's a good uh, you know prognosis on maybe on what's going to happen. But I couldn't tell if Philip seemed like incredulous, like there's no way. But he seemed a little disgusted, like is there a way? We see this a couple times in this. Philip's talking about, you know, the rules. We don't do some things. And we see Stan talking about that just a little bit later on, about, you know, some things we don't do. And Yeah, I think that's a little uh, over-dramatization. I don't think, I don't think in, in this business, I think they're probably a little more desensitized. Than, they're, they're, making, they're making both sides seem a little more human than I think. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The FBI, for sure. Well, but... The FBI's got to have friends, though, right? I mean, they're friends and they're human. And I've never be met friends. an FBI agent with a friend, a real friend. <laughs> I used to know a bunch of them. But they say that Alexi is going to Illinois on right. the 29th. So we know we're, we're setting something up for that. Right. So we do know that. Then we go to a very somber still, Philip and Elizabeth, when they're coming in the house and they're... You know, it's all quiet. Yeah, yeah, they're 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 visibly shaken by what had happened. Well, yeah, yeah I mean, they did mm-hmm. just kill Hans, and you have to remember. I mean, this went on. This was he was in a lot of episodes. Hans was. Um, William wanted to kill Gabriel. Remember, he wanted to burn his body and throw him out back. Oh yeah, yeah. William would have absolutely done that. Let me say something else too. When they're taught. Stan's talking about, and I'm kind of jumping forward, but I want to do it while I'm thinking about it because I didn't put it in my notes, about how Oleg saved an outbreak of of Lassivirus, or yeah, of Lassivirus by turning William in. They weren't going to necessarily do an outbreak. No, no, they, they were just going to they were going to possess the 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 technology. Yeah, they're. I actually love Stan in this episode. I love him. Love everything about Stan. You don't hear me say that very much. But this is fake news, right? Because they took a little piece of something. They wanted the virus, but that doesn't mean that they were going to turn the virus loose. Remember, they got the Glanders virus that Martha took with her unknowingly. They've gotten other biological warfare that we, the the contaminants that we have here, they had gotten them. So they hadn't turned that loose. So there's no reason to think that they would have, the Russians would have used that. They just wanted it as well, like in their arsenal. Is that fair to say, do you think? I think when we consider they have nuclear weapons and haven't used them, I think that's totally fair to say. Okay. Because I just felt like that was a little bit of an over-dramatization, saying that it stopped the outbreak of the Lassivirus or something when... You know, we don't know that that was the plan at all. Maybe, but not based on the history of what we've seen so far anyway, certainly. But this is where they find Paige in the closet. Henry's asleep. I didn't know Paige was in the closet, did you? 
<laughs> well, but wait a minute. Let's go back. They walked in and they had that brief conversation. Right. Where is Paige? And everybody's thinking that she's with William. Where I is mean, she? With Matthew. Yeah. yeah. Where is she? And then we thought, well, there's no way she's. Maybe she, but surely not. I mean, she's a Christian. She could have been raptured, right? And then, and then, and you think about, wait a minute. And then you think about her heritage. Maybe she like reverse defected. We don't know, but we don't know where Paige is. We don't know. And, but we do find out she is in the closet. And she, then later on, she comes out of the closet. But she is. In I think the that's closet. what this episode's about. It was re- Paige comes out of the closet. <laughs> that was the overall theme you took for me. From this. Yeah. She. She is really scared. She was telling them that she's not sleeping and all that kind of stuff. But we're not talking about, you know, a seven-year-old here. She's almost an adult, and she was really afraid. And I thought that it was really interesting. This is one of the only times, no, not not the only, but one of the few times that we've seen Elizabeth, like, get visibly shaken over something like that because she's upset that Paige is this upset. She doesn't like this. She wants to figure out what's going on with Paige. So anyway, we know that Paige is obviously so far not doing any better at all. I assume that's why they've shown us that scene, that if anything, she's worse, not better. She just has one problem after the other. Paige does. She's she's not doing really, really well. Well, then we go to the intro. We come back, and we're with Oleg at the KGB office. The scene where the colonel is talking about how they get people, how they essentially corrupt people. They drag people in. They lure people in. The the, the slow burn of corruption, the way way they start, the the way it gets started. First, they they offer you a, a gift, and they... They're complimentary, and they they just kind of bring you along until before you know it, you're you're Correct. in their in their web. Sure. It's funny that the colonel mentioned this to Oleg because if you'll remember, Oleg, he loved being in America. He loved the suits and the clothes and the American life, and and so it's funny that he ends up in this particular division of the KGB where it's his job to to. To, to stamp out corruption where people are uh, maybe have things that other people don't have. Well, right. We're offering things that other people don't have for for uh, for bribes or, or favor or whatever. And it's also funny that the colonel bragged about the KGB being the only division of the government that hadn't been corrupted. Right. I thought that was interesting. I don't know if it's the whole KGB, is it? He was talking about the whole KGB. Okay, I thought he was maybe just talking about that particular division of the KGB that investigates this stuff. I didn't maybe, know. Maybe he was. Maybe You may be right. Well, I don't know. That's just what I took from it. But he gives Oleg a list of stores with the best foods, presumably to check like the distribution and see what's going on with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Right. Then we go to the scene where Philip and Elizabeth are pulling up and Stan comes over to talk about the gym woman again. Philip asks Stan if he asked her out and he said he didn't yet, but he talked to her and told her that he was in the FBI and she looked at him strange. He didn't know if that's what she was looking for. Philip asks him, he says, well, what does she do? I thought it was really telling that... Stan didn't even think to ask. 
what she did. Well, yeah, he's an FBI agent, and he doesn't he doesn't think think about asking that question. That is funny. That that was kind of odd, but Philip was saying that women love this stuff. You're in the FBI, you know. Women love this stuff, and mm-hmm. of course, Stan says it's not the same as it used to be. You right. Know? Then we see that Elizabeth's putting up groceries and Paige, and asks Paige if she wants another session. Because Elizabeth, I think, is really worried about Paige. I think she's wanting Paige to grow up here. I think she's... Well, she even basically says it later on that she's done with the coddling. And it's time that Paige learned to take care of herself, I suppose. Then we go back to Stan and uh, Philip, And they're talking about Matthew's looking at Purdue... But he may choose something closer because of Paige. I mean, you can just see Philip just kind of cringe mm-hmm. at this. Well, it's funny that Stan, in a minute, says, uh, "What's up with Paige? Something's just off." And so he's like tuned into Paige, but he's tuned out to his uh, curly-headed, blonde-headed girlfriend at the at the gym. You know, he yeah. doesn't think to ask her. You know, he doesn't notice anything about her. Well, but, he notices some things about her. Well, he does her. notice some things about her, mm-hmm. but he doesn't, uh, he's not as, as tuned in to her as he is to Paige. And he's, but now that's a, this is a big problem for, <laughs> for Philip and Elizabeth. I mean, a real, a real problem where the FBI agent next door is worried that something's wrong with Paige. She spends a lot of time over there, and now he's quizzing uh, Philip about it, but it's also, it also uh, illustrates the trust that he has for Philip. You know, he doesn't suspect anything; otherwise, he wouldn't be talking. He wouldn't be talking to Philip right. about this. Right, and I think the closer Paige and Matthew get, the closer he feels to Philip. Right, right, to Philip and to Paige, and the more he is likely to get mm-hmm. those kind of instinctual feelings that he has. It's like he's developed a real intimacy with this family, almost like a family member to this family, particularly as lonely, I think, as uh, solitary as he is. But Philip just kind of blows it off as uh, she's just that kind of kid. She's always been that kind of kid. And this is her first boyfriend and all that. And Stan acts like, oh, okay. But you can tell he doesn't really get that. I mean, you know, that's not what he's thinking. He's not what he wants to hear. Else. No, no, he doesn't he don't believe it. Then we go to Paige hitting that pillow that's duct taped up. That's that's an interesting way to learn that. And it's funny because Elizabeth is telling her to put her shoulders down. And what do they tell us in Tai Chi all the time? To relax your shoulders. Relax your, relax your, relax your shoulders. Relax so, your shoulders. It's pretty cool. <clears throat> Elizabeth wants to know if they're having sex, and she actually doesn't want to know if they're having sex, I don't think. She says she doesn't care, but... It's not the sex that she's worried about. Right. It's the connection and the emotional connection that she's worried about and that Paige might give something up during you know some kind of pillow talk. Sure. And Paige tries to run off when this conversation comes up, but Elizabeth has her stay and finish the workout session the training so she, session. So. so she takes her frustration out on the pillow. Then we see Elizabeth doing her nighttime stuff, and Philip walks in, and they start talking about Hans. We learn that Hans hasn't spoken with his family for years, but or his parents, but his sister's coming in in a few weeks, and he had planned to meet up with her, and they presume she'll just call and, I guess, be told. So Hans' family knew 
what was going on, I suppose, with him. Well, I think they're assuming that she'll just call and not get an answer and won't be able to get a hold of him because okay. nobody's, who's going to tell, nobody knows anything about what happened to Hans. Who knows? Who's going to tell, who's going to tell her that, you know, he's not there anymore? Yeah. Nobody. They're just not going to be able to get in touch with him. So I think that's what they mean. And, um, you know, they're still affected by it. And then Philip drops the bomb on Elizabeth. And, of course, she, you know, says a bad word. And is uh, that's a this is a big deal. When the FBI agent next door to the Russian spies are tuned in that something's wrong with a daughter who yeah. knows about the Russian spies. Well, and Elizabeth's wondering how long it's going to take before Paige lets something slip. Just right. any little thing. And they had even talked about it because... When they went up to Paige's room and they couldn't find her, they said if she's with Matthew and Stan, ca essentially, and Stan catches them and wants to bring her home and they're not there in the middle of the night, that's going to be a... A big deal, too. Right. So every little thing she does, things she wouldn't even think about, things I didn't think about, could really turn into something huge. Then we go to commercial, and this time it's for Fargo. What do you oh, think about Oh, I love that. Fargo? I was going to bring that up. I made a note about that. That was hilarious. That was like a real-life Kenny from South Park lineup. That's exactly what I put on here. But but see, I said it first. You did. Yeah. You did say it first. I thought that was great with the, with the parkas drawn so tight that you couldn't even see the face, and there's a lineup, a police lineup of that. Uh, Mike, over at West Coast Project, and I do a Fargo podcast, and that's going to be starting like in mid-April and it's a great show, so check it out if you guys like Fargo. Be sure to listen to the podcast. There's a lot of other great podcasts over there. They do another take on the Americans, which is really good. They do Better Call Saul. Yep. They're just busy. They're busy over there, and it's really great. And I'll put the link to West Coast Project and their podcast in our show notes so people can go over there and see that. Well, we come back, and this is where Stan's in the vault with Wolf and Alan Strider with the CIA. Now, he is, he gets pissed. Stan is, I mean, Stan feels, I, I really sense a desperation in Stan. I think this, this is a little unrealistic uh, for a counterintelligence FBI agent to have any kind of um, concern over what happens to Oh, I to think you're just cynical. Russian. No, no, I think I just know too many FBI agents. Well, I mean, yeah, but, I mean, Okay, look around you, because I don't know that anybody else even in the office would feel that way. Even Adderholt doesn't seem to, a little bit later, have the same response that Stan did. But surely, surely there's some that would have that response to this. I'm making a distinction between real life and television. That's all. Okay. Well, I'm pretty sure last week I called Wolf Webster, and that's completely not right. Webster uh, was the head of the CIA I mean, the head of the FBI, and Wolf is the head of this Division. office, right? So, anyway, sorry about that. But he assures Stan really quickly that it's good news because Stan's worried that something's happened with Oleg when he sees the CIA in there. And they tell him that Oleg's now working for the KGB headquarters. And then he goes into, so Stan, tell us how you gained his confidence. Give Give us the the intel on how you, you know, uh, he's kind of schmoozing Stan a little bit at the beginning, right? Tell us what you did because now this is what we're going to do. They're going to try to develop 
Oleg as an asset. And Stan is trying to explain to them how that will not work. He's vehemently opposed, and and he is just outraged that they're even going to try and the way that they're going to try. And then the guy suggests that they they can use his family against him, and Stan gets further pissed off. And I wouldn't be surprised if we don't end up seeing them turn Stan. I thought that same thing. But I said you it first. You did. Is that, was, was that your thing? Was that what you were going to say? No, there's something about the agriculture. Oh, thing. yeah, the agriculture is my, yeah, my idea. I actually thought that because we're seeing one of two things. Well, here. Stan is becoming increasingly disillusioned with uh, upper management, as well as the Soviets. Uh, you know, the... the you know William and 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 Philip having their conversations about you know who's in charge and William not wanting to report certain things and and Gabriel mentioning that the center is uh, acting erratic but Stan is really starting to get disgusted with some of the techniques that that's that that they're using and I I I think that that we if we if they don't turn him we might see him cooperate in some way later Well, we on. may have already seen him do something. We'll, we'll get to that in a little bit about what what went on. But Stan, I think, has a lot of guilt over, like, Nina. Because I think Stan, I mean, Stan, Stan blew up his marriage, essentially, for Nina. And then they killed Nina. And Stan has, like, a lot of guilt over some of the stuff, I think, that's that's went on there and he he even said it in a previous episode when when we watched season four to catch up with this stan made a comment i don't want you talking to oleg on my conscience and so i just don't think he wants oleg on his conscience i think he thinks oleg's a decent human being he basically says as much and he he tells strider that he's going to kill him he goes you're going to get him killed he's real serious with that I think he's probably wanting to kill Strider. So then we see that we're in uh, St. Clair County, Illinois, Illinois, and we see this these amber fields of grain. I mean, they more amber fields of grain, lots of and pretty trees. Boy, they picked a beautiful, uh, beautiful time of year to go for a drive, didn't they? That and the cinematography, the way they they shot this, like through the grains toward the cars and stuff and you can see the grains in the in the or the mm-hmm. stalks in the foreground mm-hmm. and the cars in the background. I just thought they did. It was very compelling to watch. It was hard to look away from. I'm gonna go back and put uh, America the Beautiful in in English to that, that scene and see how that works. Oh, I think you should. I'm going to, yeah. We see four guys in a car. They look like a bunch of Russian uh, agents, too, don't they? They look like... But they're not. Let me tell you who I think they're agents for. Wait. Just wait. Wait for it. I'm waiting. waiting. No, no, keep waiting. Should I do a drum roll or something? No, no, just keep talking. And when we get to the part where they're actually... uh, She's looking at the grain. I'm going to tell you what I think about it. Well, this has got to be the Department of Agriculture, because that's who he's working for. Maybe. Maybe. Well, but Gabriel knew that they were going to Illinois because he found out about the Department of Agriculture, we assume, mm-hmm. going to Illinois. Yeah. So, and, okay, I'll just wait. We see Elizabeth in disguise driving a big red truck. That may be, you know, Elizabeth is such a beautiful woman, and that may be her worst 
her most ugly. I cow. think I caught a um, a blooper in when she's in the truck. Okay, tell me. When she's driving by, you got the full shot of the truck, which is an old square body Chevy and really, really nice looking truck. Isn't it great? Yeah. I've got one of those. But when she drives by and the camera pans down the side of the truck, if you look closely, that thing's got a plastic bed liner in it. And I don't think, <laughs> I don't think that plastic bed liners were available in 1984. Really? I don't think so. Okay. I'm just maybe if somebody out there has some information on that, I'd love to hear it. But I don't think they were available in 1984. Okay. Well, that'll be a real interesting thing. Too. How could you tell it was a plastic bed liner you just because noticed? Because I'm very observant. Okay. And I'm really tuned into the Americans. And I just okay. love finding stuff out. And I was really dialed into this episode for whatever reason. Yeah. And you're great with the cars. You've always talked about the cars and the cars they use in the episode. I appreciate like the, the, the plug. And I accept all all uh, praise on okay, being great sure. with cars. Yeah. History, too, is my thing. It is yeah. your thing. So then we see Stan coming up to Wolf in the hallway, and he's telling him he's going to ask for a meeting with the deputy attorney general because he really wants the guy to stop what's going on right. with Oleg. And Wolf says, don't mention me. Well, Just tell him I told you not to pursue it or whatever. Well, right, and, and Stan says... I went behind my superior's back before, and Wolf goes, yes, and you felt bad about it. He goes, no, I'm just saying I want to give you the opportunity to be there. And he says, nope, yep. not going to do it. Good for Wolf. Stan needs to drop it. No, he doesn't. I'm sure he does. No, not, he does they don't not. care. Oleg's not a human being with a beating heart. He is someone, he's a pawn to be played. You don't understand. I completely agree. Look, that may be the way it would play out. And based on everybody's reactions except Stan, I don't disagree with you that it would play out that way. But I really like seeing Stan have a heart in this and trying to do the right thing. Of course you do. You're a girl. Of course you do. But the fact is they remove FBI agent hearts when they go to work for the Bureau. Then we go back to the car that pulls into that farm, and the men... We're getting close. Alexi and the three other guys go into the greenhouse. Then we cut to the scene of Philip as Papa Eckert cleaning the gutters, and he finds an old bird nest. He's there with Twan. Now, I'm very impressed with Philip and Elizabeth, and I want to know how they have the time to do this kind of stuff, because... To get in disguise and go clean the gutters. <laughs> I mean, with their Vietnamese is, adopted son. This is their second mm-hmm. family. It's it. It's kind of like those people who have a different life somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And he's cleaning the gutters now. I'm kind of assuming he's up there looking down the road at stuff that's going on, and that's why he was up there because it kind of showed him doing that. But still, that was just like it's hard to find time to clean the gutters in one life, mm-hmm. one home. Um, but he asked. Twan about the car, if the car that's been watching them ever drives by here. Philip and Elizabeth both are getting worried that the FBI are going to dig into them since they are friends now with Pasha and his family. Agriculture guy, yeah. It's funny, 
the conversation that they had. Did you pick up on Tuan having been a uh, boat person? I did. Okay, and, and how the family was proud that they had taken in a, a boat person. Right. Well, don't you think that that is, is a little um, kind of parallels some of the paranoia that's going on today with uh, the, the refugees? A lot of people are saying, uh, no, this is America. You know, no hate. Bring everybody. Let's just, we need to have everybody who wants to come. That's what makes America great. And then you got the crowd who says, they're hiding spies in them refugees. You don't know how many ISIS guys are coming here and they're acting like refugees and, and they're going to come in and blow us up. So you got those two sides. And here you have an actual, from 1984, a communist spy who disguised himself as a refugee. It's funny that you should mention that because I was listening to Slate's podcast on the Americans. Let me, let me add one more thing. Okay. When I was on the USS Ranger in uh, 1980, we were, it was the 82 cruise or the 83 cruise, we picked up uh, a, a group of boat people and delivered them back to the uh, Philippines. Nobody ever even considered there could have been spies among them. And ultimately, they were relocated in the United States. But that was a real common thing for United States ships to pick up uh, people who were just trying to escape uh, communist oppression in, uh, in Vietnam. Well, they were asking the writers of this, the actual writers, the Joes, about the parallels between Russia then and Russia now. And I got to tell you, I really loved their response to it. They said, we are living back in 1984, and we are not trying to in any way make any parallels, and we, we, we haven't, to anything going on today. We have to keep it then to keep it authentic, essentially, to then. And, man, I'm butchering, paraphrasing that. But I thought that was a really interesting take that you brought that up. Well, I thought it was kind of funny. When Philip was talking to Tuan, could you handle it if they showed up here? Tuan says, oh, you don't have to worry. Yeah, he put There's on his, no worry. He put on his act that. right there in front of him and said, the communist, you don't know what the communist did to my family. And I don't think that's what Philip was talking about, though. I think Philip was talking about if they dig deeper and they find something, what's going to happen, essentially. And I think when Tuan first started to say something, Philip thought Tuan was going to say, I'm going to fall on the sword. You guys are out of it. But that's not what Tuan said at all. Tuan was like, oh, I've got it covered because, see, I'm a good actor and I know what to say. They brought this up a couple different times, and I'm wondering if we're not going to maybe see some kind of clash maybe toward the end of this season. Maybe maybe Tuan go the way of Hans? Oh, I'd hate to see that, but something, something, because they brought it up more more than once. I also thought it was kind of neat that in the one household, they've got the teenager who is so kind of anti what they're doing. They're really, or maybe not anti, but they're they're having to definitely pull her, kicking and screaming into this. And in the other household, you've got the teenager-esque, who is so gung-ho with what they're doing, it would have to almost be just like a dream to them to have the child who was so, don't worry, Father, I'm turning off the lights, and I'm turning on the lights, and I'm watching the cars and trying to figure out the schedule, and... You know, meanwhile, you've got Paige going, I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk about math. I just thought the contrast. No, that is. That's that's a good point. 
Then we go to that scene with Paige and Matthew doing their homework. And Paige is sitting there saying stuff already. I know. I mean, this kid is nothing but a big, big drama problem. And it was kind of funny that she said, it kind of reminded me, you know, our middle daughter, daughter Julia, she's like this big Little Mermaid fan. She always has, she's 22, and she's still Little Mermaid, Little Mermaid, Little Mermaid fan. She's a big mermaid now. <laughs> she is a, she's a grown mermaid. But one of the songs talks about how fathers on land wouldn't reprimand their daughters. That's what the Little Mermaid bets. And so we almost see this childish thinking in Paige here saying, I don't think your mom's like that. She lets you live your own life. I think it's between Twine and Paige anyway. I think it's sheltered versus unsheltered. I mean, Twine saw things that other young people didn't see. And he his responsibility is born out of... Uh, pain and 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 patriotism to what he feels like is a, a greater good. And kids in the United States, by and large, are just concerned with boyfriends and Clothes popularity and music, and music and, sure. and they're just, just sheltered. Well, this is also where they start to kiss, and it gets a little it gets a little a little intense. I think they're just showing us that they're going to escalate no matter what Philip and Elizabeth think about the situation. Okay, now it's night time. The four guys, including Alexi, are coming out of the greenhouse. Here it comes. <laughs> Elizabeth's standing there in that disguise and it is so bad. But there stands Elizabeth with those binoculars. And I thought she would have been really easy to see in that situation, but I guess not. Well now she's a professional spy, so Okay. You're gonna have to leave that stuff to her. Then we go to Stan talking with the Deputy Attorney General, and they, they don't name him in this, so I tried to look it up, and I couldn't find his name in this, but historically that should have been Edward Schmoltz. Um, wow. Because he was the Deputy AG from 81 to 84, but what I found out when I looked that up was we soon get Carol Dinkins from 84 to 85. Okay. So whatever's going on with Schmoltz here. Is not long. No, he's about to be fired. Yeah, something's going on. Or if he's 81 to 84, it could just be that his tour's up. But then why would Dinkins come in from just 84 to 85, just for one year? Well, Dinkins may have come in under the new, you know, there was was an election in 84, so maybe Reagan wanted to make a change. Who knows? And you could probably research it, and Dinkins only lasted a year. Who knows? Hmm. Yeah, I'm just thinking something's maybe about to happen. That shakes up. I don't know. It was just my guess. But also, we know the code to the vault now. They showed us the code. They shut, They zoomed down on the code and showed it to us. Well, the FBI is going to be very upset about I this. I know. It's what I thought. But, you know, me and my spy skills figured it out while we were looking at it. So, so there we can get in the vault anytime we want. <laughs> A little red light and everything. Uh, we see Stan. He's, he's basically pleading for Oleg here with him. He says that he trusted him and he can't just stand by and let them destroy him because he did what he was supposed to do. He's convinced that the AG can do something about it. 
And the AG's trying to tell him, hey, look, buddy, it's a CIA's thing now. Yeah, but, you know, the, 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 you guys answer the same boss, and then you can go to the president. And he just won't listen. It's like what he's accusing this CIA guy of that he first was counseling about not listening to him in the vault before. Now he's not listening to the AG. The AG didn't want to hear any of that. But what, what, what these guys don't seem to remember is Stan's going to do what Stan's going to do. He did it before. What can he do? Well, what's he going to do? What do we see? You know, I don't know. I don't know what Stan's going to do. He's making wedding arrangements for Matthew and Paige. He well, doesn't, he doesn't, he's not going to be worried about Oleg too much. But here we talk about Stan says that they have to play by the rules. And so we see that again in the conversation. He's a decent man. He did this for the right reason. It wasn't for money. It wasn't for whatever. And the AG just says, look, I know it's easy to lose control of your operation. He's just like giving him these platitudes. It's hard to lose control of your operation. You said it's easy. Oh, I meant it's not easy. It's not easy to lose control. And Stan appeals to him again, and he's just like shaking his head. It's not going to happen. He's not going to be able to affect this going through the lines, the the chain of command. Right. It's not going to happen. Okay, now we go to Elizabeth poking around in the greenhouse. Yep. She gets in there. She did, Does she always carry, like, the lock-picking device? And what a great skill to have. You know, I mean, how many times have you locked yourself out of something, and you just... I was thinking about that. So she gets inside, and I wonder, is she looking for something, or is she just snooping? Cause she, does she know what she's looking no, for? No, of course not. She's snooping. I mean, that's obvious. She has no idea what she's looking for. She's just inspecting the uh, the building. Well, the crops look pretty rough at the beginning. They're like sticks. But they then do. As she goes back, there's like clicking and rustling. and They're, all infested, sorts. they're infested with bugs. Now, yeah, what, she doesn't like that. What's going on, I wonder? What what's your thing? Well, I can't believe it, it wasn't didn't occur to you. We're food nuts, by the way. Mm-hmm. What do we avoid? Pesticides. What kind of what kind of food do we avoid? GMO. Uh, I think the four guys in the car have got this agriculture guy, and he's working for Monsanto, and they're developing GMO grain which was a big, big, big deal for Monsanto. I think that this is what we're, what we're witnessing here is the beginning of the, re- the research that they're doing in order for Monsanto to control the grain supply and the corn and everything else that Monsanto controls. Call me a conspiracy theorist, but it's under lock and key. It's four guys. It doesn't look like a really kind of resembles a government operation, but you don't know really whether they're working for the mafia or or the government, so they could very well be working for uh, Monsanto super secret research to see how genetically modified food uh, can stand can, up to, can stand up to the, the bugs, or how the bugs can stand up to the genetically modified food. That's interesting. I think, I think that's what we're seeing here. I, this is my theory, and I could be totally off. But I don't think it has a thing to do with the government. But what I'm saying is, I think that this is a private research thing done by developers of 
whether it's Monsanto or whoever. I don't know if Monsanto pioneered the technology, but they certainly use it today. So this is where all of uh, most of our genetically modified grain comes from in the form of wheat and corn. And uh, I think I think that that is a, a, a viable uh, idea. I think so, too, and it ties into your idea, particularly since you saw the grain at the beginning that looked bad, and then you saw the plants at the back that looked good with all the bugs on them and stuff. That's really interesting. We immediately cut to Elizabeth in the shower. I bugs. know I almost took a picture of that because <laughs> that would that would have been the just I for mean, research purposes. I I'm hope sure. Elizabeth inspects buildings from oh, now on okay. that's infested with bugs because okay. that was not a bad scene. Did you stop to think about the long ride home? They were out out a little bit. I mean, they were in Illinois, yeah. right? And she had to ride home with those bugs on her. Mm-hmm. That would have been a miserable... You didn't think about that at all. They were probably about to die from eating all that GMO grain anyway. So then we go to commercial and we come back. And Philip and Stan are waiting for the racquetball court. And Stan's Stan's trying to hurry him along. Yeah, he's a little stressed. He's a little tense. Don't you know I'm an FBI agent? (laughs) Yeah, he didn't say exactly that, but kind of close. Philip's asking him if everything's okay, and Stan admits that there's stuff going on in the FBI, and he just wishes he were in charge of everything. And I don't know why he cares, because he does kind of what he wants to do anyway. But Right. And then he tells Philip that he took Renee out. We find out. Find her name that. out, and then we get to meet her in a moment. Yep. She's usually here. She drinks beer, and she knows sports, and it's like going out with Philip, except it's a girl. And Philip's like, okay, I don't really know how to feel about that. About that time, here she walks up. Here she comes. And I'm sure you recognized her, because you are the king, the absolute best at facial and voice recognition. I didn't recognize her. Okay, you're going to kick yourself when I tell you who it was. Who was it? Andrea on The Walking Dead. Oh, wow. Remember? Yeah, I didn't... I didn't now, get that. You put them together yeah. now, I'm yeah, sure. I didn't, right? I didn't pick that up. Yeah. And according to IMDb, we're going to see her in at least six episodes this season. So mm, she's going to play a part. I wonder if she's a Russian spy. Um, Wouldn't that be funny? <laughs> Poor old Stan. Well, they'd fire him so bad when they found out. Well, the thing about it is, here she comes walking up and Stan's standing there. And he's like, oh, meet my friend. They're awful schmoozy. You know, he's like, you want to go out again? I had a good time. Oh, I did mm-hmm. too. And he's like, oh, meet my fr- By the way, meet my friend Philip." And he, she's just like introduced to a KGB agent that just killed somebody like a couple nights ago, just like on a racquetball court in mm-hmm. a sports barn or wherever. Yep. It's just crazy. I mean, you know, it's like, eh, no big deal. Makes you kind of wonder how many times you've been introduced to somebody casually somewhere who had a lot more going on in their life than, you know, just tending their tomatoes yeah, outside. I think about that stuff all the time. But they set up to meet again at Saturday at 7 and... When she walks off, Stan turns to Philip and says, see? Like, that just explains everything he's been going through the whole time. I thought that was kind of sweet. Then we see Oleg, he's walking at night, and somebody's following him. Then it cuts back to Philip at the office, and he turns that copier on, and he's asking, does Alexi know about the bugs? Does he Is he a bug guy? And Elizabeth says he's an agricultural expert, so he knows about wheat and what can kill it, which, again, reiterates exactly what you were saying, that right. it might be like the GMO stuff. Do we know, did GMO come into being in the 80s? Do you know? I do not know. I, I didn't know. have time to research it. Yeah. 
<laughs> and Philip, Philip here says, well, let's just kill him. Maybe we should just kill him. Maybe we should just get rid of him. I yeah. know. I know. Well, they're tired of listening to how much he hates Russia. Man, they don't like that. I'm surprised Elizabeth didn't jump right on that because she's been wanting to kill this guy since she met him. But Elizabeth is always mission first, always, no matter what it is. And she's like, she doesn't think they're going to figure this one out. She was the one in there that didn't didn't get it. But then we go back to Oleg walking, and this is where a man comes up and says, don't look at me, just keep walking. Stand beaming. CIA, CIA guy. Is it a CIA guy? Of course it is. Who, who else could it be? The FBI's not over there working him. So CIA, the CIA's got him now. Okay, so, and he hands him a note. Okay, yeah. so that so you don't think that note that this was actually a message from Stan to that 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 they were going to do that to him because Stan would know people. Stan would be able to get somebody to deliver. That's what I didn't know. If this was the CIA coming to him on behalf, that's a great point. Uh, it might I I assumed it was the CIA, but it could be somebody Stan sent. But boy, if Stan sent that's him a what message, I that. Is that's the that's the kiss of death for Stan right there. But, Somebody, but hey, Stan, no, I don't think it. I don't think it would be. I don't think Stan could get anybody else to to cooperate in that way that quickly. That that's in Moscow. I don't think there's a, any way in hell that he could get somebody that he trusts over there to deliver Oleg a note. I I, I think it's the CIA for sure. Do you? Absolutely. Okay. There's no way. I mean, somebody's gonna somebody's gonna go along with Stan and put themselves at risk that doesn't know anything about it other than what Stan says. Hey, help me get a note to this this KGB agent. I'm trying to help the guy out or get him to contact me. I mean, yeah. and nobody needs to know about this. I mean, there's no way, no no possible way. If if there is, if that's what they wrote in, that's a that's a big huge. Um, mistake that they made i don't i mean i don't know because i don't know who stan might know over there any kind of contacts or friends or favors no chance no chance somebody's going to put themselves on the line like that well if stan hadn't made that comment about i need to be in charge anyway i just wasn't sure which which way that was at first i thought it was actually from stan but then when we see oleg go home and he opens it, and it's a like a clandestine meeting. It's supposed to meet at nine thirty somewhere. It's the only thing I could read on the map. No way. And he's upset, so yeah. it's like Oleg knows. It's the CIA. And they've got that tape, remember? Of Correct. Oleg. So then we come back, and it's food. We're with food again. The food bar, the salad bar, and the Eckerts and the Malazovs. Alexei and his uh, Pasha and his wife are eating at a restaurant. The dad is gushing over the food. The food, the food, the food. You want fish, you order fish. You want steak, you order steak. You want another, you order another. If I want to say I hate Russia, I can say I hate Russia. I hate Russia. And uh, Pasha's uh, aggravated. His wife's annoyed. But we also find out something else right here, though, too, Mike, that's kind of interesting. His father spent 15 years in a prison camp. He says for being alive. He said... You know, did he murder? No. Did he steal? No. He just for being, and we don't know what he did or what he was accused of doing, but that may show some of the bitterness that Alexei has. Yeah. On top of, of the other stuff that maybe his wife and his son don't have. And Pasha's calling his dad out in Russian. He says he'd rather die there than live here. And man, Elizabeth looks like she's just going to choke on her food the whole time because, of course, they don't realize that. She understands what right. they're saying. 
in the car, uh, Twan is told what Pasha was saying, and he just scoffs at the stupid people. He talks about the American children and... and talks about how weak Pasha is. Yeah, he does. And he talks about how his whole family, we get a little bit of his backstory, that his whole family, he and his grandmother went somewhere, and his the, the village was bombed, and his whole family was wiped out, his parents, cousins, brothers, Uncles, sisters. everybody. Yeah. And he says he can get Pasha to do anything he wants. And he talks about going to his car, or to his house yesterday, and that the car was there. And then Philip says that if they're skipping, but, but the car's not there every day watching them. And Philip says that if they're skipping days, it's usually not very serious. But Elizabeth says that it's a matter of time with Twan and them going over there that they'll look into the people visiting. And then Twan, who is very staunch about everything, says, you're not going to take those leftovers home, are you? Mm-hmm. And they hand them back, and he's just grinning. So, I mean, this the food's a really big deal. Okay, then we go to Stan and Adderholt, and they're staking somebody out mm-hmm. with takeout and stuff there. We just know anything about this I don't, thing? I didn't know anything okay, about it. Okay, because I didn't either. They mm-hmm. talked about the people who has no wife, I mean, who has a wife and no kids, and uh, they were last in, at a job in Buenos Aires. And But Stan tells Adderholt about the CIA and that they're planning to squeeze Oleg with the tape that he made. And Adderholt's like, yeah, you got a problem with that? It's, he's He's true to form. And Adderholt essentially says it's just a part of the job. It's how it goes. Mm-hmm. And they talk about Renee a little bit. And Stan wants to take her someplace nice, but not too nice because he has to be able to step it up. thought that was funny. Is that how guys think about stuff? Um, I, You know, it's been so long since I've been out on a date, I wouldn't know how to do it. Well, you ought to correct that. Oh, Adderholt talks about a bread place with a see-through grand piano, and really, what more do you need to know? Then we see Elizabeth and Philip driving into the garage, and Elizabeth's obviously upset, and Philip asks her what's going on, and she says she's tired of treating treating her, which would assume, and no, she's talking about Paige like a kid. So I thought she was going to go upstairs and kick her ass at that point. I really was worried about it. I yeah. really was a little bit. Uh, they go upstairs, and Paige doesn't want to talk to him. She's like, I don't want to talk about it. And then she goes into this thing, I promise, I swear, I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to do it. And they explain to her, they try to explain to her that when you are having sex with somebody, that your feelings change, and she's young, and she's a teenager, and hormonal, and you're going to say things you maybe didn't mean to say. And so they show her that technique. Yeah, and uh, it kind of let me down. I was hoping for some kind of really cool Russian spy technique, but rubbing your thumb and your forefinger together is just not... And she's got to master it. I mean, how would you even know when you've mastered that? I don't know. Um, but it could be cool. I, I admit, I was a little let down with it, too, but it could be cool because we may see Paige later in situations where she's sitting there and you don't really know what she's thinking and you see her start rubbing her fingers. Oh, I'm sure we'll see that. Maybe there is something to just... The pause that you can give yourself, and and it the 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 break that it causes in whatever emotion that you're experiencing, and you you think to okay, I need to rub my finger and my fore, my my thumb together. Maybe it does something. Maybe there maybe there is something just in the the mechanics of the pause and the rubbing and the concentration sure. on the rubbing. Maybe there, there could be something psychological about it. I was a little let down. Have you ever heard about it or anything? Ever heard of that? meditative technique to do that or whatever? Nope. I hadn't either. 
But they seem pleased that she can rub her finger and her thumb together pretty well, and they're smiling at her, and that's the end of this episode. And that's it. Well, next week we come back, and it's called Midges. Midges are like these little bugs, bugs little yeah, flying bugs. bugs. Yeah. Or um, GMOs. We see Stan go up to some guy at a restaurant and tell him that they're from the FBI, in case you can't tell from the suits. Uh, they tell Paige that the Americans are planning to do something to the Russian food supply. Philip is telling Elizabeth that she can't handle any of this. Presumably, he's talking about Paige. And we see a disguised Philip and Elizabeth telling some guy that they need to that he needs to tell them the truth. You can never tell anything. I know. By the upcoming scenes. But with a little digging around, it looks like we're going to be seeing some flashbacks of Philip's mother in the next few episodes because somebody on IMDb listed as Philip's mother as a young woman and she's going to be playing his mother. So I thought that was pretty cool. So see, you can tell some things, but just maybe not by what they show us, but by different things. Well, we hope you'll connect with us here at Tribal Rant and become part of our American Reds podcast. So Mike, how do people tweet you if they want to talk to you about it? At Mike from TN. And I'm at Michelle from TN. Also, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash tribal rant. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn, so you can subscribe to us there. Please like us and rate us if you like what we're doing here. And, of course, all this information is on tribalrant.com, where you can email us or leave us a message. And we'd always love to hear from you. So, anything else for the Americans Episode 2 past? Nope. I think that's it. Okay. Well, then we'll see you back next time for Episode 3. Midges. See you next time. See Bye-bye. you then. Bye-bye.